Welcome to Sunday Worship at St. Matthew's Baptist Church, led by our senior pastor of over 34 years, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr. Our worship service is made up of three facets, information, invocation, and inspiration. Information consists of pertinent topics that Pastor Gordon would like to share with you to engage and edify. Invocation consists of prayer and preparation for worship. Inspiration consists of our praise to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and pastor's delivery of the word. Over again and over and over again You prove yourself to be the only friend I need And I can never thank you enough for all the things you've done for me I don't know how much time I have so I want to take the time to say thank you for choosing me to be your favor. Thank you for blessing me. And over and over again, when I was given sin, you forgave me and took me in. You gave me peace within. Since the day my life has changed, and then forever I've remained out to you for sharing your blood. I'm kind of reach just for me, oh. Thank you for saving me. You didn't have to do it, but you did. I can repay your For you done for me, Lord. When I'm not worthy, you continue. But blessing me over, over, yeah. yeah. Even when I don't deserve a love, you wrapped your arms around me. To tell you how much I love and I know you I bless your name Bless your name, Jesus You are me to be Every time I call your name You bet you deliver me There's power in your name Your name is glorious How excellent is thy name I forever bless his name Yeah, if I had ten thousand tongues I would have used every one of them to bless his name. Hallelujah. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I love you. I love you. I bless your name. Thank that all to the Lord. One of all. Come on, please. And over and over again, when I was given sin, you forgave me and took me in, you gave me peace within. Since that day, my life has changed, and then forever, I've remained out to you, for Jeremy, your blood, I'll have a just for me, oh. To do it, but to take Oh, you done for me, Lord. When I'm not worthy, 
St. Matthews, we are totally committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God the Son and the Son of God. It is our desire that you become saved right where you sit by professing your belief in Jesus Christ and asking him into your life. The Bible says that Jesus, our Savior, died for all your sins. He was buried and rose on the third day with all power in his hands. To be saved, just pray this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day. I believe you are God the Father's only begotten Son. Lord, come into my life and save my soul. If you have done that, email, call, or write us so we can send you written materials on your newfound faith. We have a ministry for your entire family. love to invite you to our online service here at St. Matthew's Baptist Church under the direction of our senior pastor, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr. Here at St. Matthew's, pastor has been preaching the word of God, rightly dividing it with truth and transparency for over 33 years. We've seen thousands of lives transformed. Even though we're living through an unprecedented time, and even though our church is closed due to the pandemic, we'd love for you to download our SMBC app through your Google Play Store or through the Apple App Store for real-time live updates. Additionally, we'd like for you to follow us on Instagram at SMBChurchNJ or on Facebook at St. Matthew's Baptist Church of Williamstown, New Jersey. In addition to that, we'd love for you to subscribe to our YouTube channel at SMBCTV where you can learn about our online services, our Wednesday night core Bible studies, and even our Zoom schedules at this time. Finally, don't forget to remain faithful through your giving by tithing online through our church website or by using our SMBC app or by mailing in your tithes to our church address at P.O. Box 817, Williamstown, New Jersey, 08094. Have a blessed day.
and our hope is in him. Praise his holy and everlasting name. Today we will celebrate communion, so quickly get a pinch of bread, a little water. We are thankful to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and I want you to uh, remain faithful, trust in him at all times. Ye people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us, a hiding place. And we thank God from whom all blessings flow. I want to thank God for what's happening nationally. As, And I encourage you to get the inoculations, providing you meet the requirements of age and whatever else. We want you to get that. Amen. And God is in control. God gave us doctors. God gave us nurses. God gave us scientists. Amen. And so we thank the Lord again from whom all blessings flow. And help is on the way. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy, hallelujah, will come in the morning. This morning, I'm in First Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, and we're going to be dealing with darkness, a hole in my soul. Did you get that? A hole in my soul. Not W-H-O-L-E, but H-O-L-E. A hole, hallelujah, in my soul. Our experiences, exposures, encounters, and even damaged emotions are contributed to our personal conflicts from our past. We, we have not even touched the surface of our suffering. Some of our suffering has to do with Amen. Circumstances, some of our suffering has to do with inner conflict. Amen. Some of our suffering, amen, is self-imposed. And it's, it's interesting that as we look at our difficulties, defeats, amen, and uh, our dysfunctions, They all have, amen, and they are all deliverables from our past. Let me me stop, pause, and park. If I don't do anything else in 34 years, I preach truth, I'm transparent, and I'm going to give you the road to triumph. I don't have a need for you to exalt me. I don't have a need for you to accept me. I'm going to preach the word of God in its entirety. And I'm going to be transparent enough to tell you, I too have failed. Hallelujah. That is, some people teach because they have a need of acceptance. They give you the facts, but not the fiction. The facts of the word is great, but the fiction is that you don't include yourself in failure. And people walk away thinking you're better than them when you're really not. All of us have sinned and fallen 
short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. And much of our anger and agitation and amen affected mindsets are from some atmosphere of our past. I want to deal with this internal, devastating, uh, oftentimes denied problem of inner hostility. That's the hole in our soul. Sometimes it's covered, sometimes it's silent, sometimes it comes out. But sin, the nature of sin, like Adam and Eve, has affected us with guilt, shame, and we hide behind fig leaves. We know that we do not meet God's standards on our own. Jesus said, without me, you can, in fact, do nothing. And it's in this context that this hostility received experientially, even as a child, if you grew up in a hostile environment of conflict and cursing and anger, confusion, then as a child you grow up, not all the time, sometimes you grow up to be selfish, self-centered, stubborn, uh, rebellious, uh, critical of others. Uh, if you uh, grew up and this, listen to me, this hysteria, this atmosphere, Lord have mercy, uh, by which there's confusion and amen and uh, 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 inner rejection of self the need for acceptance, the need for love, uh, it, it spurs along in our lives. And this hostility can, in fact, take place. I know, I've been pastoring 34 years, but I have some hostility in me. Uh, I know that because there have been ep- episodes in my life. I said, where did this come from? Where when I'm confronted or when, 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 when I feel that others are trying to control me or there's some uh, cataclysmic situation taking place, my defense is to rise up and fight with all my anger and agitation. And, and it's interesting because uh, as, as we, as we, are in this conflict as we, amen, have this hole in our soul. And I'm going to talk about that. Because you're saved, listen to pastor, there's no eradication of the flesh nature. Because you're saved, it does not wipe away, uh, amen, your vulnerabilities of sin. It does not excuse you from this deep-rooted error 
in which we all live. Now, now I'm going to try to deal with this contextually, and I want to say this, that uh, uh, we, we tend to strive for perfection, and we all hit bumps in the road, we all fall short, we, 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 we become depressed and disgusted, uh, because the sin nature is not even subject to the law of God. It has a mind of its own. And based on all of our hysteria and, and this matter of hostility, 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 I've experienced it in marriage, I've experienced it in ministry, I've experienced it in dealing with people, I, you know, hostility, that, that I have set up strongholds, I've set up boundaries that once you cross, we're ready to fight. And, and once, you, once you try to take advantage of me, uh, I lose my whole concept of being a Christian. That, that is, uh, I'm getting better, the Holy Spirit is bringing me under his control, but deep inside, I've always had Hostility. Even in the world, in the military, seven years I had, and even pastoring, I had hostility. You only going so far before I'm back up in your face. That's just, where is this coming from? It's an hostile environment that may have been learned, amen. Uh, growing up may have, uh, amen. I've seen things, I've heard things, I've and out of fear, we fuss. Out of fear, we protect. Out of fear, we fight. So forth, so on. All this hostility. Where in the world is this coming from? Why am I so angry? Easily agitated. Amen. And amen. Want to amen. Protect my authenticity. Where is this hostility come? Now, 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 before you think that I'm making this up, Jesus' inner circle disciples were the worst. Peter had an anger problem. Peter cut off Malchazia with his knife. Peter cussed when they came to him around the fires and said, aren't you one of his disciples? Peter was cussing. No, I don't know Peter denied Jesus. Amen. And James and John, brothers of Zebedee, sons of Zebedee, when Jesus was preaching, this is in the Gospels, and the Pharisees and Sadducees, amen, started talking negative about Jesus, James and John says, call down fire from heaven and burn them up. And Jesus said to the brothers, you don't know what kind of spirit you have. <laughs> Hostility! Hostility. Um, and because you're saved doesn't mean you don't have hostility. It could be hidden. But this hostileness that's in us comes out under conflict. Now, now I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to uh, rightly divide the word, but I'm going to invade, amen, some areas that many of us are confused about. The word of God 
is God-breathed. It's infallible. It's truth. The 66 books, 39 old, 27 new, is right from the hand of the Holy Spirit. It's God through 40 writers who God inspired to write what he wanted written. Very, very interesting that uh, biblical characters have struggled with the same things we struggle with. We need not put them way up here. Moses had an anger problem. I told you, Abraham was restless. Moses, amen, needed, had a need for relevance. Do you know who I am? Like some of us, and and of course... Peter suffered from a lack of reliability. Interesting. First Peter was written by Peter the Apostle to the dysphoria, those Jews who were saved but scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, uh, uh, Cappadocia. It's, it's in there, at least five regions. And they had And they were suffering, listen, and they were under the hostility of a madman, the emperor of Rome called Nero, who was crucifying Christians upside down, setting them on fire, making fun of them. Yeah, they're the light of the world. They're burning up, throwing them before lions because he blamed the burning of Rome on them. History says when really he burnt Rome in order to rebuild it. Interesting, they were under a lot of hostility. When you and I are under hostility, we become hostile. Lord have mercy. Peter begins this great epistle by complimenting Christians as to their positional righteousness. You are a royal priesthood, holy nation. You have an inheritance that's incorruptible, that will not fade away. You belong to God. You're blood washed, blood bought, born again. You're a royal priesthood, holy nation, a peculiar people. He's telling us what we are because we have become saved by believing that Jesus is the Christ, Son of the living God, and asking Jesus to come into our lives and save us, believing in his death, burial, and resurrection, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 5. Hanging there with me. That's what we have in our position. We're perfect. We're sanctified. We're glorified. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ. You cannot take that away from a Christian. That's his because God made it his. But Peter moves from our position to our state. And our state is how we are on earth. And uh, we lack a whole lot of things. We have holes in our souls. What is the soul? Your intellect, your volition, your will, your emotions. All that's your soul. We got holes in our souls. Now, I'm going to throw a curveball at you so-called Bible students. Because when we teach and preach the Bible, we don't pull up 
just the promises. We pull up the problems. We don't, we don't just search for nuggets to shout about. We search the word for God's intent. Let me, let me stop pausing part. That when you get to chapter 3 of 1 Peter, chapter 3 and 4, the theme to the book is the grace of suffering. God's grace in suffering. God's grace in suffering. God's grace in suffering. Paul said in Philippians 1.12, listen, the things that happened unto me have fallen out to the furtherance of the gospel. Meaning, God ushers in a diet of difficulty to your life and my life to persuade others transparently of his power. Hmm. Now, 1 Peter 3 starts out with likewise. Just as Christ suffered, we will suffer. And likewise moves into the relationship of marriage. Yeah. There, there's a lot of pain going through marriage. Acceptance, self-acceptance. If a man cannot love his wife, he don't love himself. Lord, have submission, humility, sacrifice, struggles. Uh, um, that mm, one commentator said it this way. We don't need no more tapes and books on marriage. We've heard it all. We know what we need to do in marriage. The problem is we don't do what we know. So it's an act of my will. You can keep on educating me and educating me and educating me and come up with all of these good treats on marriage but until my will is broken and I'm willing to adhere it's it's fruitless. That there are all kinds of confusions. The woman thinks that submission is slavery. The man thinks that headship is ownership. God has to straighten out our thinking that the husband is told, if you want your prayers answered, not to be bitter against your wife, but to treat her as if she was a weaker vessel. She's not a weaker vessel, as if she was weaker, sacrificially, amen, holistically. Um, Context, 16 times the word suffering is mentioned in connection with marriage and then ministry. 16 times. Because of our expectations, which may be untrue, unrealistic, because of our damaged emotions, yeah. Because, because, because we are going through some kind of mental change and 
Amen. Our experiences are cutting short God's exposition of his word. Hmm. So Peter comes along in this great context of hostility. First from the Roman emperor and then towards one another. We become hostile when you cross a line. And I think that all of us have to struggle through this. The Bible talks about metaphorically turning the other cheek. And I have said in my 47 years of salvation, I only got two cheeks. I'm going to turn it twice. And God said, that ain't for me. (laughs) Hostility. They hit us, we hit them. Anger, agitation, Satan's avenues to keep us separated. Hmm. So Peter, hanging it with me, and and, and by the way, your, your agitation and your anger could be silent. Your hysteria could be silent. Hmm. Some of the nicest people are full of hell because they've hidden their hell. Some of uh, we use the word as a weapon to whip others but we don't use the word to will it to our own lives. Hmm. That is after understanding all in the historical context, the historicity is they're going through a lot of hostility, both from the Romans and one and 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 these saved Jews were ostracized by other Christians. Uh, and and so this hostility is among us, among us. What we're witnessing today with the insurrection was a lot of hostility. With our nation, a lot of hostility. With racism, a lot of hostility. Yeah. With, with fairness, a lot of hostility. People are hostile because Matthew 24 says, in the last days, the love of many will wax cold. The closer we get to the end, the colder people will become. Hmm. There was a time in my life none of your business of my age, but when I grew up in the 50s and 60s, that people respected each other. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. How can I help you? Uh, That's gone. Courteousness, tenderness, giving, loving. Society has moved those things out of the way. So our children are growing up self-centered, stubborn, rebellious, rejected, and they are in need of compassion. Peter here, hanging in with me, Peter first instructs us 
to be compassionate one towards another. Why? Because love will liberate us from hostility. Not your love, not my love, the agapeo love. The love of God, which is sacrificial, serving, suffering, and sensitive. When we practice, not just teach it, when we practice that love, we start to alleviate people of hostility. Mm. That, that is, that is. I want you to notice that as Peter's instructing us to be compassionate, this word compassion in the Greek is a derivative of mercy. You ought to show another mercy because God showed you mercy. Now, grace and mercy are cousins. Grace is love we don't deserve. Mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. Once you start believing that you deserve mercy, you are in error. It's God not giving you what you deserve. Throughout my life, God was very merciful. I should be in hell this morning. He snatched me out of hell with smoke still in my garments. So God requires me to show that same mercy to somebody else. Are y'all praying with me? I hope so. Stop glorifying yourself. You're nothing but dust. That is, this love, this agapeo love, God's love is always, uh-oh, a benefit to another. When you love someone else, it's not a benefit to you, it's a benefit to them. So we have to ask, how am I benefiting someone else? That, that is, that, that, that uh, this, this matter of compassion, and it's right here in verse 8. I want you to see first... Um, Peter 3.8. Are you with me? Yes, you're with me. First Peter 3.8. Hang in there. We're going somewhere. Amen. First Peter 3.8. Finally! Uh-oh. Finally. Look what he says. Be ye all of what? One mind. A spirit of unity. Be unified. Don't let anything separate you from one another, especially your brother in Christ. Take wrong rather than demanding right. In the similitudes and beatitudes, Jesus preaching on the Sermon on the Mount says, if they ask for your coat, give them your coat and your cloak too. Ah, that, that child of God, child of God, we, we have to learn how to be loving and kind and tender-hearted and compassion, which will, listen, it will disengage hostility. A soft answer turns away wrath, Proverbs says. Isn't that deep? Mm. 
this matter of uh, compassion is here in verse 8, that we ought to love one another as brethren, brothers in Christ, and be pitiful and be courteous. Lord have mercy. I haven't always been courteous. I haven't always been tenderhearted. You understand? Uh, uh, there were times in my life I cussed like a sailor. You got three seconds to get out of my face, and I'm on two now. But where's all this stuff coming from? I'm, I'm just preaching this morning to the air, not rendering, verse 9, evil for evil, or railing for railing, not payback, but, uh-oh, contrawise, and I'm going to get to that, blessing. God, God said in, in, in this verse 8, going into verse 9, that this compassion will derail hostility. Compassion to your mate, compassion to your children. A loving spirit. And it's not self-centered. Some of us show a lot of compassion and love because what we want in return is our focus. Love is an action word. It's giving and expecting nothing in return. The love of Christ constrains us. We are kept by the power of God unto salvation. So if you stop and take an interview, I have not always been compassionate, merciful, pitiful with people. Hmm. And as we learn how to live under the inspiration of the blessed Holy Spirit, Peter is saying that if you learn and practice biblical compassion, then it ought to have a priority. When you get married, your mate is first. You can't love a friend and a family member more than your mate. And sometimes it gets difficult. You got to, you got to be where God wants you to be. And you know, amens on that. You can't treat this one like their goal and come home and treat somebody like their filth. You can't do it. The same exuberance you have for others, you ought to first have in marriage and in ministry. Now, you ain't going to hear this in every church. Because all folk want to hear from the pulpit is how I can get ahead. A promise for prosperity, how I can get ahead. A hope for healing, how I can get ahead. They, they, don't, they, don't, they don't want to hear the to-dos. Compassion. The more I show compassion, the more I'm disengaging my hostility. And the hostility that's in others. Ah, compassion. There, there is a, 
we're going to get to it. There's a quotation from the Old Testament, several of them, where David, amen, um, used Old Testament scripture to, to argue this uh, concept, precept of amen, that uh, the promise is that love will cover a multitude of sins and love is God's arena for peace. Hmm. Compassion. Compassion. Some of us, it's hard to give compassion because we don't feel that we have received compassion. Some of us can't accept others because we don't feel accepted. Hmm. We struggle because of this sin nature. We, tr- we, we struggle because of our exposures, experiences, and so forth and so on. And people that have been divorced usually walk away discouraged, depressed, and a deep sense of failure. And until that is resolved and healed, they're only going to take it into the next relationship. Your true spiritual thermometer is who you are under conflict. Under conflict, do I love and am I compassionate to another or am I ready to fight? Nasty, temperamental, flying off the hook, name calling, taking the word to whip somebody, or the silent treatment, procrastination. People that procrastinate, they they, they are doing it intentionally. They're driving you up the wall with their silence. That's not Jesus. It's you. The second thing, Lord have mercy, that Peter alludes to is in verse 9. Peter influences us to be contrary to conflict in order to rescue and receive the blessings of the Lord. God don't bless mess. Once you cross the line of mess, forget the bless. God don't bless mess. God will be encouraging you to do it again. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, this is tight, but it's right. Not, not railing, not evil for evil, not railing for railing. Uh, uh, look, look what it says, verse 9. Knowing that you have been called by God to be a blessing to others. Lord, have mercy. And you need to be, there needs to be a contrariness to what society believes. Hmm. My God. That, that, that child of God, when we begin to look at uh, blessing. Now, now let me stop pausing for because technology can be a blessing on one hand, but a curse on another. 
Facebook is a, can, can be a blessing for information. But Facebook can be a curse for you and I, listen, for you and I being controlled. We allow technology to interfere with our relationships. So husband and wife can lay in bed on their computer and not even speak. Lord have mercy. Or you want to Google everything. Let me Google to see if God loves me. You don't need to Google it. You need to read your Bible. There, there, there are, there are, I'm preaching up in this place, there are blessings uh, from God as we predetermine that we want to live right in his presence. By motive. Why do you do what you do? Sometimes we can't measure our motives. Only God can measure them. Hmm. I want to see people grow in Christ, be guided by the Holy Spirit, and glorify God. That, that's my whole purpose for ministry. I'm not up here to be seen or heard or reverenced. I'm here to help you not make the mistakes I made. Oh, oh. Not to live in a state of hostility. Hmm. Um, here, 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 Peter uh, makes certain promises from God that we ought to love life so we can see good days. Good days. Good days are days of uh, prosperity. Good days are days of peace. Good days are days of promotion. Huh. That, that if you want to see good days, look what he says. I'm getting out your way. Amen. He, he, he is reminding us, amen, giving us advice that will bring great joy and fulfillment as we live a certain lifestyle. I've, I've come to two conclusions in my 40-something years of salvation. And I was in church all my life. All my life. I had to go to church every Sunday with a suit on. I had no uh, options. Uh, parents didn't play that. And uh, bring up a child in the way they should go. When they get old, they will not depart. That is, child of God, that uh, I strayed, but I came back by the grace of God. Once that word is engineered in you, you're forced to come back, prodigal son. You, 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 you got to come to your senses when you know Jesus. That, that is, child of God, as we look at these good days, these good days, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm always, my mind is always blown how people think they can do and say anything they want to say do whatever they want to do, and God going to bless them. I don't know where in the world that came from. You cannot ignore inspired scripture and be blessed. It doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. 
that child of God, and, and by the way, nobody's getting away with anything. God is omniscient. His ears are open to the cries of his people. God sees everything. You see a black ant on a black hill on a black night. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. He knows before you do it. He knows before you think it. He knows before you say it. He knows. He knows everything. That's what makes him God. Those non-communicable attributes of omnipresent, omnipotence, and omniscience only belong to God. We, we, we begin to see here in verse 9 to 15. I want you to uh, go real quickly with me. I, I, I want you to see this. Not only the compassion of verse 8, but Peter deals with verse 9, what we should not do, rendering evil for evil, amen, railing for railing, for me uh, that will love life and see good days, verse 10, let him, listen, refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile. Let him eschew evil, depart from it, hate it, and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it, pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he, I love this, verse 13, that will harm you? When I'm in the will of God, no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. That, that is, he, he, he moves us, amen, into this privileged power base of living. I love it. Ah. And Peter goes on to say, but sanctify, set apart Jesus Christ in your life. Sanctify the Lord in your hearts and be ready, always ready, to articulate his goodness, his mercy, and his grace. Hmm. Always be ready to articulate. Always be ready to give people a healing hope of who he is. The more you brag about Jesus, the more he brags about you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I was on a job one time and they were playing office politics with promotions. And The Bible says promotion does not come from the east, west, or the south. It comes from the Lord, the north. That's where heaven is. And I knew they was playing politics, and the Lord said, you need not get involved with that. As he told Abraham in the Abrahamic covenant, I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. So when one door closes, another door opens. There's a new pharaoh in town that took a liking to Joseph. I'm preaching up in this place. Just be still and know that he is God. He, 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 he ends this argument about inner hostility, not only to be compassionate 
and, 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 and we are called hey, to be contrary to society and not do anything contrary to his spirit. But third, we ought to live with a good conscience. Conscience is your alarm clock. Jesus said, if your, if your heart ah, rejects you, then you, you're rejected. When that alarm clock goes off, the reason we don't wake up is because we are stubborn, sleeping in sin. Two things I learned about sin, and that helped me to come out of the world, the world's actions. Once I'm saved, I cannot enjoy sin. Because the spirit that's in me, the Holy Spirit, is convicting and, and amen, is making me feel uncomfortable. The same Holy Spirit that comforts, convicts. Do I have a witness? Not only do you not, cannot enjoy sin, Lord have mercy, but God lets you get hungry for righteousness. There's an inner hunger that takes place. Look, 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 look as we close. Hanging in with me. I'm trying to teach you the word. Amen. Having, verse 16, a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse you For it is better if the will of God be so, Lord have mercy, that ye suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. And then he goes into this argument about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ even suffered the just for the unjust. Jesus Christ suffered. Jesus Christ Amen. Died on the cross of Calvary. Was spit on. Was rejected. Was humiliated. He was buried in a grave. A borrowed tomb. Do I have a witness? And only Peter says this. When Jesus went into the grave, he went down into Sheol. To Tartarus. The prison house for spirits. And he preached to the spirits. I told you so. Lord, have mercy. Those spirits that kept not their first estate, those spirits that were locked up during the time of the flood, those spirits that tried to cohabitate with earthly women and demonize the seed so, 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 so that God's seed would not come. Uh, he preached to the spirits in prison. To show who he was. But early on Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. And he said, because I live, you live. Do I have a witness? Our victory is in his resurrection. Thank you, Jesus, for your death. Thank you for your burial. Thank you for your resurrection. You're worthy. So, Lord, I want you to fix the holes. Uh, 
And I got some holes. Fix the holes that are in me. Uh, Lord God, fix me up and turn me around. Plant my feet on a solid ground. Put a new song in my mouth. Even praise. Do I have a witness? I will bless the Lord at all times. Do I have a witness? His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And God, once you fix these holes, uh-huh, I will live holy. Once you fix these holes, I will exalt your name. Once you fix these holes, I'll be at peace in my soul. We are holy in our position, but we got holes in our state. Hostility can only disappear as we practice compassion, contrariness to this world, called to accept and love one another in a good conscience. When we have those three things operating, we will live and walk in peace. I don't need to defend myself. He defends me. I I don't need uh, to fight, he'll fight for me. I, I don't need to live in friction. He's my peace. Lord, heal the holes that are in me. You can be saved this morning. By believing that Jesus is the Christ, Son of the living God. By believing he died for your sins on Calvary's cross. When his blood came down, that blood washes away all your sins, past, present, and future. He went into the grave. But early on Sunday morning, he came out with all power and saying, Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me. I'm suffering from ruin. I'm on my way to hell. And I need you. To heal the holes that are in my life. Bless his name. And if you prayed that, call us up because you're on your way to glory. Hell has decreased, heaven has increased. Let's move into our communion. First Corinthians 11. Three things I want to leave you with in this celebration of the Lord's Supper. The first thing is remember. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread broken and said, Take eat, this is my body that has been broken for you, sacrificed for you. Then on the third passing of the cup, he said, Drink ye all of it, the wine, the grape juice. Amen. 
For without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. A perfect sacrifice. Remember. Then he says, repeat as often as you do this. You show remembrance of me till I come back. Remember, repeat, renew. Renew your covenant. As we partake of the elements of bread and water or grape juice, I have grape juice, you have water. The bread is the body of Jesus Christ. Let's all partake together, believing that he died for our sins and burden rose again. Remember. Repeat. And let's drink the water or the grape juice. Renew. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I want you to walk in peace, but I want you to look into God's mirror of his word. See all your hostility, your hopelessness, your anger and your agitation, and say, Lord, heal the holes that are in my life that I will be compassionate with others. That I will live lives according to my calling that's contrary to sin. That I will walk away, uh uh-oh, with a good conscience. We love you. Have a great day. Jesus loves you and I do too. you know you can give using your smartphone? The method is simple, safe, and speedy. To give using this method, search for the SMBC app in your iOS or Google Play Store and download. Then launch the app and click on the Give button. Or feel free to give through our website. Go to www.stmatthewssbc.org, click Donation, and fill out the St. Matthew Secure Contribution and Payment Form.
remains out to you for sharing your blood on Calvary just for me. Oh. To do it, but you did. I can't repay your For you done for me, Lord. When I'm not worthy, you continue the blessing me over, over, yeah. yeah. Even when I don't deserve love, you wrap your arms around me. Jesus, remind me that I am your child and that you'd always be there. Always be. Thank you for giving me another chance. To tell you how much I love and I know you I bless your name Bless your name Jesus You are me to be praised Every time I call your name You bet to deliver me There's power in your name Your name is glorious How excellent is thy name I forever bless his name Yeah If I had ten thousand tongues I would have used every one of them to bless his name. Hallelujah. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I love you. I love you. I bless your name. Thank that all to the Lord. One of all. Come on, please. And over and over again, when I was given sin, you forgave me and took me in, you gave me peace within, since that day my Forever, I remain out to you. For Jeremy, your blood, I'll have a reason for me. Oh.